On this episode of You've Got Podcast, we have a very special guest, our producer and my husband, Nick Parker. Say hi, Nick. Hello. <laughs> Nick has been forced to watch You've Got Mail for every birthday, just uh, time he's trying to be nice to me, and bet he's lost over the course of our marriage. So he knows it well, but begrudgingly well. So Nick, after all these times of watching You've Got Mail, why did you choose Kathleen Kelly? Because I wanted the meatiest role. <laughs> why is she the meatiest role? Because she's the antagonist. Or she's the protagonist. <laughs> like, what? If you think she's the antagonist, we have vastly different opinions about this movie. I think we're going to have vastly different opinions about this movie regardless. Have your thoughts on her changed at all through all the times watching it? Yeah. How? At first, I thought she was just some lady who was looking for a boyfriend. <laughs> Aren't we all? No. Except me, because I'm married to you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just, I think less of her now after having seen You think less of her? Times. Yeah. You think less than that she's just looking for a boyfriend? Yeah, I think, le I think she's not a very great person. Is this only because you've listened to other people talk shit on her getting Starbucks? No. I have I have my own notes that I took before oh. we started the podcast. Oh. I'll stick to those notes. <laughs> okay, why do you think less of her? So, because she's this woman who has this boyfriend and is just like flirting around with this other dude and online and she she's like got a, this emotional affair going on with this man who she's never met. It is an emotional affair. And I think the movie definitely tries to dance around that. Like, oh, they're not really cheating, but they're both in serious committed relationships. And then not just having this kind of emotional, deep friendship over email, but they meet up to go on a date when they're still both, with their other significant others. Right. And uh, the movie kind of tries to walk the line very carefully between us still rooting for their relationships and us being willing to understand that they need these other people, these other characters in the movie. Uh, but yeah, I do think it goes a little too far once they agree to meet up for the date. Also, anything that you have to keep a secret in the first place. It's probably not great. I mean, I don't mind her keeping secrets, but like, don't cheat on your boyfriend emotionally. And that's what she does. She's it, since the moment we meet her, she's like emotionally cheating on her boyfriend. But where's the line of, oh, I just have this cool friendship online with someone who gets me and likes the same things as me and wants to send me school supplies. In the fall, what's the line between that and an emotional affair? Just, I don't know. Don't do any of it. Don't do any of it? You can't yeah. have an online pen pal? No. Well, I guess it was the 90s. Yeah. But I don't know. Don't. I, I don't. And the, well, let me ask you this question then. Did she just meet this guy and strike up a friendship and then start to have feelings with him? Or did she go to this chat room kind of seeking something like this? Well, she said she went into the chat room as a joke. Although, I don't know. That's a good point because 
online in the 90s was a weird place. So I don't know whether it was a thing that you could go in and just find friends or whether it was only, it was understood that it would only be for dating. Well, I mean, what do you think? She just went into some general chat room. By the way, she capitalizes C and R <laughs> like a, some kind of lawyer. Chat room. And that's BS. <laughs> we both met in a chat room where we swore we'd never been before. I think she went in like on a lark just to be like, what is this whole internet thing about? And then struck up a, a conversation with him. And then later, over the course of all of their emails, developed feelings for him. I don't think she was going in looking for something. Okay, I guess I don't really have any feelings on that, because <laughs> I don't. I you are like she's your sister, so I don't know. She's my know soul sister. Yeah, yes. I don't know as much about her as you do. So. But you, how many times do you think you've seen this movie? <sighs> At least ten. At least ten. A few times a year, every year that we've been together. Yeah. And how would you rate it as a movie overall and then as a rom-com? As a movie overall, probably a four, maybe a three. As a rom-com, it's probably a five. These are terrible ratings. Yeah, that's correct. You, after all these times of watching the movie, you don't see redeeming qualities in it? There are moments that are okay. Like what? Uh, maybe there are. <laughs> Joe Fox is pretty great. <laughs> He's pretty cool. Well, too bad. You already got... He's good with Someone his, else already got him. His aunt and his grandpa or whatever. <laughs> his grandpa. His brother. His aunt and his brother. Yeah. Although he's also having an emotional affair. Why is he a better character than Kathleen? Yeah, you're right. I didn't... I just think he... I would rather hang out with him hmm. than her. I'm not saying he's a better person because, yeah, he is having an emotional affair with her. But... Part of what I like about Kathleen Kelly is that she gets all the best lines in this movie. And I think she gets more of a personality because of that. And it doesn't ever verge into Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But she's a little bit, like, quirky. You know, the line where she says, like, Today I saw a butterfly on the train. Got on at 42nd and off at 57th, where I assume it went to Bloomingdale's to buy, to a, buy hat, a hat. Which would be a mistake. As almost all hats are. Like, that's a great line. Because it's true, almost all hats are mistakes. Sun hats excluded, baseball caps for men and for women when it's an emergency. An emergency? Well, like when you, when you absolutely have to. I, just, I don't know. I can't stand her scrunched up face. <laughs> her scrunched up face? She doesn't, she rarely has a scrunched up face. I don't know. Meg Ryan's kind of, kind of default scrunched up face. She's but, too cheery for New York. Like she's way too cheery for New York. New York is I mean, edgy and pushy, and and it, uh, it's a stereotype for a reason because that's what it is. Yeah, she certainly doesn't seem like she's a native New Yorker. But she is. She's in real life. Yeah. Or you mean the character? No, the character. Oh, we don't know that. We're talking about the character. Oh, yeah, we do, because she grew up yeah. working in the store. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she does seem like she hasn't quite had the life kicked out of her yet. Uh, which, which she would be just the age to have grown up in the peak of, like, crusty New York. Yeah. But maybe that's what working at a children's bookstore gives you. Gives you light and joy in your life. Mm. <laughs> Things that Nick Parker knows nothing about. So, light and joy, but then when her boyfriend... 
played by Greg Kinnear, gets this brand new typewriter. She's all a butthole about it. Okay. Honestly, if you started collecting typewriters, I would at first be like, cool. And then at three, which is how many he has, I would be like, why? Get off this dude's ass. He's just trying to find joy (laughs) and light in this dark New York world. Okay, but three is a little much. He doesn't need that many. He's collecting them, dear. Mm. Hmm. Okay, the only thing I will give you about not liking about Kathleen Kelly's character is that she has the only bad scene in the movie where she closes the shop and then she looks back and she sees this vision of her as a little kid twirling with her mom and it goes on for what seems like an eternity and it is the dumbest scene. They didn't need it at all. They're trying to like call back to... Her talking about twirling when she first talked about it with Joe Fox is really awful. I close my eyes every time and just pretend it doesn't happen. Because other than that, it's a flawless movie. But nothing Flawless movie. Flawless movie. But nothing in this world can be perfect. And maybe Nora Ephron put it in there to remind us no. that nothing in this no. world can be perfect. Like how the Amish perf- like purposely mess up one stitch in all their quilts to keep themselves humble. That's what Nora Ephron did with this scene. I'm convinced of it. So, one thing I want to point out is during the party scene, you know, the cavi- that caviar is a garnish mm-hmm. scene, Kathleen Kelly has Trump eyes. Trump eyes? What yeah. are Trump eyes? She's got little, it's a little white around, like when she closes her eyes, it's no, a little white. No, she does not. But then it's a little darker everywhere else. No, she does yeah, not. she does. Go back and watch it. I have seen this movie a hundred million times. Go watch it. She has Trump eyes. I don't think that's true. I know it's true because I watched it and I took notes on it. Hmm. Maybe it was just the lighting. Her appearance throughout the movie in general is very 90s. She's got that little short, not quite pixie cut, but the short hair with the layers all curled out and then has like a zigzag part at some points. It's all extremely 90s. And maybe... in the 90s. Yeah, but I'm saying maybe that was just the style. No. In the 90s. You don't know. Yeah. So, when were you allowed to go into chat rooms? Could never. I've never ever allowed to go. You've never been in a chat room. I've no. I've never been in a chat room where I just like entered it and talked to strangers. I don't even know how to find one of those. My friends did, but I never did. I just would do like MSN Messenger where I talked to my friends. Okay, because I did MSN Messenger. But I also did ICQ. What is that? This is just a chat thing. You just like choose chat rooms and jump in and talk to people about stuff. And did you ever hit it off with anybody? Yeah. But I never like talked to a person more than once. Oh. Like, I didn't continue a relationship with them. What did you talk about? Just whatever was going on. Oh. You just, just jump in. You just log in and be like, hey guys. <laughs> like what? <laughs> people will just say ASL. And then What's that mean? Age, sex, language. Oh. Or language? Location. Location, that's right. Age, sex, location. Yeah, duh, because you're speaking the same language. Yeah. And so I just tell them, you know, 13. Male, oh, my gosh, 13. Utah. Oh, you're younger than that, probably. Do your parents yeah. know about this? I bet I was 12, 11 or 12. Oh, my gosh. Did your parents know about this? Yeah. They knew you yeah. were getting on the internet to talk to strangers yes. at 11 and 12? Yes. 
I guarantee you they did not understand. Because they, they were like, oh, this is cool. We're going to get this and check this out. Before everybody knew the dangers of the internet. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do much of that. I did like a smattering of it until I figured out you could play video games. So I just played video games instead. But then that, you know, that taught me to like, and then I ended up joining like a video game, like clan thing for a, a Star Wars game. So it'd be like a guild or whatever. And oh my gosh! I mean, I didn't do much with it, but it was fun. Oh my gosh! Meeting so strangers nerdy. on the internet. See, but that's what I'm saying. In the '90s, people were just curious about the internet. So. Kathleen Kelly probably just got on being curious about it and then just happened to meet her soulmate. Yeah. So. Or she was trolling for dudes. Found one. I mean, can you blame her? Greg Kinnear is kind of an asshole. Actually, not even kind of. He's just an asshole. Yeah, but she stays with him. And yeah. Just dump him. Well, sometimes you're in that spot where it's like not good enough to keep going, but not bad enough to break it off. And it's just like, you're just carried through by inertia until you find something else that shows you what you're really missing. That's just what she needed. But then that's so bad for the other person. I mean, that's true. Like stringing a person along for a long time. That's bad. He was doing it to her too. I'm not saying it's good relationship advice. None of the relationships in this movie is anything someone should copy. Kathleen Kelly is keeping secrets and having an emotional affair uh, from her boyfriend. He's basically stringing her along once he meets Sydney Ann, who, by the way, was in... What movie did I just watch that she was in? Oh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Sydney Ann shows up in that, too. Sydney Ann, the TV woman. Mm-hmm. Um, then Tom Hanks is having an emotional affair on Patricia and keeping secrets from her. She actually doesn't do anything wrong relationship-wise out of all of them. She's the only one who gets screwed over, really. So, speaking of her getting screwed over, she's awful, like, as a person. That's true. But but she is what you think of as New Yorker. Oh, I'm talking about Kathleen Kelly. Oh, I was talking about Patricia. I'm talking about Kathleen oh. Kelly. She's awful. She's but, not awful. But she doesn't deserve to be stood up in the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. she yeah. Nobody deserves to be stood up like that. I've never understood the thought process of standing someone up. Why would you do that? Why not just say, just like... Because people want to make avoid up, confrontation. Yeah, but can't you at least say, oh my gosh, I my car broke down, I can't make it. You know, at least let them know that you're not going to be there. I've never been stood up. I've never set anybody up, and hopefully I never will. Well, he's, it's, it's awful that, that that would happen. And can, can we get her a better bra, please? <laughs> it's the 90s. Good Lord. Yeah, she's got very saggy, saggy boobs. It's just always on display. Like, get a bra. <laughs> Put your sweatshirt over yourself. She's got, like she's got plenty of sweaters. Nipple they just Yeah, yeah, they just don't really hide anything I don't know. maybe that's just my puritanical yeah attitude. stop policing women's bodies nick yeah. It's, yeah but in the scene where she is getting stood up sort of that is the best line in the whole movie 
What? Where she accuses Joe Fox of lying to her, and he says, I didn't lie to you. And she says, yes, you did. And he says, no, I didn't. And she goes, Joe, just call me Joe, as if you were one of those stupid 22-year-old girls with no last names. Hi, I'm Kimberly. Hi, I'm Janice. Don't they know that you're supposed to have a last name? It's like they're, they're an entire generation of cocktail waitresses. That's the best line in the whole movie. So are you going to say that in every episode? Yes. Now? Yes. Okay. Because it's the best line in the whole movie. And I can't remember if we already talked about this, but your little brother's friends don't even introduce themselves by their first names. Dude, I believe you already talked about this. Well, it bears repeating. Introduce yourself when you meet new people. Kids these days don't have any manners. Oh, my God. Stop. (laughs) I also don't understand how you don't like Kathleen Kelly so much when basically she is me. Yeah, she is you. No, you have just, you have built your life around Kathleen Kelly's <laughs> aesthetic. You have the Kathleen Kelly Kathleen aesthetic. Kelly. The mug wall I have is very Kathleen Kelly. She doesn't have that in the movie, but you would expect her to have a mug wall. So, one other scene I want to talk about is toward the end when she's sick and he just mm. stops by and, you know, brings her stuff. So, here's my problem. Nobody gets into somebody else's bed when they know each other this little. Like, they're friends. He doesn't get into her bed. He sits on the edge of her bed. He, like, gets way too comfortable on her bed. He sits on the edge. relationship. You don't do that kind of stuff. That's yeah. weird that he's in her bedroom in the first place. Yeah, it's like an op- open concept. Studio is what they call it. I know. But that really bothered me. That hmm. he's just like, oh, hey, I'm going to come jump into your bed. Be super Harvey Weinstein about this. (laughs) I don't think that's how it plays out in the movie. Mm. Does but that is the scene where we see her be most New Yorker when she says, "I was horrible." Mm. With her loud sneezes. Oh my gosh, your loud sneezes. Dear, my sneezes are fine. Oh my gosh, they're so loud, just like dynamite levels of loud for something that doesn't need to be loud like pretend you're in a library and you have to sneeze and just sneeze quietly every time it's not that hard you also have to cut kathleen kelly a little bit of slack because the very first time we see her in the first scene in the movie she's woken up by her boyfriend whining If I were woken up by somebody whining about somebody else I don't know playing solitaire, I would be like, why did you wake me up to talk to me about other people playing solitaire? Go away. So she has a hard life. (laughs) If I woke you up to tell you, (laughs) uh, Nick just gave me this look because I have probably woken him up for much dumber things. But if I woke you up to tell you, that people in Virginia are playing solitaire on their computers too much, what would your reaction be? I would be, I would tell you to stop talking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, her breaking it off with Greg Kinnear is a good choice. Oh, I'm not, I'm not debating that. He's terrible. But who in this movie is not terrible? Yeah, nobody. Yeah. I mean,. Not so let's terrible. all go watch a movie she, where everyone is terrible. She and Joe Fox are not terrible. They just don't make the best of decisions. 
Well, who does? Yeah. Okay, but the only reason their whole emotional affair thing is really even that bad is because they're both in their 30s. You would expect this kind of thing as a teenager where you're not sure, oh, have we crossed the line into flirtation or are we still just friends or whatever? But in your 30s, you know when you're flirting with somebody and you know when the fact that you have not told your significant other that you're meeting your online friend for an an evening date means that you don't want them to know because secretly you hope it works out. Hmm. So that's what really makes it bad is they're old enough to know better. Kathleen Kelly has the um, honor of being the first person to say the title of the movie. Okay. You always got to find out. You always got to wait to see who's the first person to say the title. Why? That's like a... Some, a lot of movies don't have the title in the dialogue. I, and then it's kind of disappointing. What? <laughs> it's always just a little like, ah! Like when you, when, when you get it. Wow. You must have hated Star Wars. They Do they never say Star Wars throughout no. any of the movies? They never say, man, <laughs> this is one battle in the whole huge Star Wars. Because wow. you have to see how sneakily they can work it in. A lot of times they don't even try at all. It's just like, and then the Star Wars happened. This is a bad example because that's not actually what they say. But if they work it in sneakily... Then you're just like, good job. Good job, guys. Anyway, she says it at first, just, you've got mail. She gets that honor. Okay. I'm confused about her book taste because some of her book recommendations are very good. The ones she gives to the kids, like the Betsy Tasting Tip books. Those are all good recommendations. But this fascination with Pride and Prejudice has got to end. It's not a good book. And it gets remade into all these movies. And the movies are fine because the storyline of Pride and Prejudice is good. But the book itself is not really that good. But in my AP English class in high school, our final, like the actual AP test, ended up being on Pride and Prejudice. And I wrote Kathleen Kelly's line about Elizabeth Bennett being one of the greatest and most complex characters in literary history. And I only got a four on the exam, even though I had gotten a five on all my practice exams. And it's probably because I wrote that line and they were like, you are so dumb. Probably. You get a four. Probably. That's probably why. Yeah. So don't do that. Well, it's too late now. <sighs> How do I get a four? Anyway, I'm still upset about that. She might not be hard, crusty New Yorker, but at least she's passionate. And that, I think, makes her a good character. Passion makes people good characters? Yeah. No way. Yes way. No. She has this store she loves, and this it's not just a business to her, this mission of helping kids read. And she talks about how her mother would always tell people when you read a book as a child, it becomes a part of you in the way that no other reading in your life does. And she's really passionate about it. And she does the fun princess story time or story time lady and all these things. And I think that gives her more depth than just running a bookstore because Joe Fox runs a bookstore, but we don't ever see, does he even like books? 
doesn't even read. The only time we see him reading is when he's reading Pride and Prejudice and like rolling his eyes through the whole thing. It's just a business to him, but it's not just a business to her. Sometimes you got to do stuff and don't have time to read. And he's a busy businessman mm. and uncle and brother. <laughs> or nephew and yeah, brother. Yeah, nephew and brother. So, so he doesn't read all the time. So what? I'm just saying she has more depth to her character. Than he does? Why? Because no. he doesn't read? Just because she's not crusty doesn't mean... I'm not saying she's not deep at all. I mean, I don't know that she's all that deep, but mm. I'm not saying she's not deep because she's not crusty. I'm just saying it doesn't fit with New York that she's like that. I'm not saying every New Yorker has to be crusty. But, but isn't she more New Yorker in that she wants to keep New York from not becoming sure just... Gentrified? Yeah. Sure. So there. All right. You may guess you turned me around. <laughs> Now it's your favorite movie ever, yep, and you want to watch right. it all the that's, time. That's what was holding me back. <laughs> Nick and I know what real New Yorkers are like because we are real New Yorkers, basically, at heart. When we were in New York, I was there for a school event, but Nick came too. And because I was doing a lot of things with my classmates, we would split up throughout the day. And one time, Nick and I passed each other on the sidewalk and almost brushed shoulders, didn't notice, and kept walking. And my classmates were like, uh, isn't that your husband? And I turned around and was like, oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? Yeah, that's how it should be. Also, I am i don't know if this story makes me more or less of a New Yorker that someone thought I looked like I knew which way the train went. And so she came up and asked me for directions. But also she thought I was friendly enough to approach to ask for directions the former being very New Yorker, the latter being not New Yorker. So they kind of even themselves out. But I looked like I was a real New Yorker, sort of. Okay. So basically, I can be Kathleen Kelly. All right, dear. You are Kathleen Kelly. Okay. Congratulations. Kathleen Kelly. Kathleen Kelly's only other flaw is that she says she could never be with somebody who owns a boat. Why not? You want to be with people who own boats. Boats are fun. And you don't want to own the boat yourself because it's a money suck. You just want to be able to go have fun with it anytime you want and then not have to deal with the responsibility of it. Yeah, if you want to buy a boat, that's fine. Go buy a boat. I don't understand why that would be a deal breaker for a relationship. Yeah, neither do I. Just She doesn't want someone who's high maintenance. How's having a boat high maintenance? Boats are a lot of maintenance. Yeah, but you pay somebody else to do the maintenance. Okay. Final question. What is your favorite Kathleen Kelly line? My favorite Kathleen Kelly line? Mm Mm-hmm. That's tough. She indisputably has the best lines, though. Yeah, but that's not saying much. It is a movie full of great lines. It's a Nora Ephron movie. Every line is great. That's what makes it a good movie. I mean, I could give you Joe Fox lines, but I just don't. Well, think you're she not has good talking lines. about Joe I'm Fox. Not talking about Joe Fox. I mean, she's got. She, I think, why you like her her lines so much is not be, what she says, except maybe the waitress thing. Yeah, is not what she says, but just the way she says it. You love, hmm. like that caviar is a garnish. <laughs> That's not a good line. Look at that on paper, okay? It's the way she says it that you like so With much. With the emphasis. Yes. 
Yeah. Think about all the all of your favorite lines from her. But some of them just are good lines. I'll give you the I'll give you the tangent about the whole two names thing. That's yeah. an okay, that's a pretty. And what about the homogenize the world mochaccino land? I don't know. That's such a tired played out thing that it it just rings hollow to me. But in the 90s, it wasn't tired and played out. That's exactly when it started being tired and played out. You you heard the word Starbucks, and that meant something different back in the 90s. It was like, oh, Starbucks are going everywhere, and there's a Starbucks. and blah. Now it's just like, yeah, they're everywhere. So what? Just like McDonald's. So what? If you don't like it, don't go there. Yeah, but what about the whole, instead of a brain, a cash register, instead of a heart, a bottom line? Eh. Don't you wish that you could say that to somebody's face? Just, like, on the fly? No. Or something like that? I mean, maybe, but this is a movie. Like, of course movies are going to have snappier dialogue than actual I know, but then... Interaction. That's kind of part of the movie is that she doesn't have those lines. She can't think on her feet to do those, and then she finally gets one, and then she feels bad about it. So what you're saying is the moral of, of that story is to not say mean things to people. Yes. Okay. I won't say mean things to people. Uh, you are like the king of snark. Yeah, so? Okay, what's your favorite Kathleen Kelly I line? I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I don't have a favorite Kathleen Kelly line. You have to choose one. I, I'll choose whatever. Don't you like New York in the fall? <laughs> That's not even the real line. Okay. What is the real line? Don't you just love New York in the fall? That was close enough. It makes me want to buy school supplies. If I knew your name and address, I would send you a bouquet of freshly sharpened pencils. Fine. What's your favorite line out of the whole movie? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe some Godfather stuff. Your favorite line of the movie is when they quote another movie? Yeah, because the other movie is far <laughs> better than this movie. No, that's the point, is that The Godfather is just this, like... Okay, The Godfather is a good movie. I will not debate that. But it also has just kind of become the idea of The Godfather. Yeah, but the movie holds up to the idea. That's the beautiful part about it. That's what they kind of make fun of in You've Got Mail, is that every guy is obsessed with the idea of The Godfather. But but why? It's a good movie, but no one else is obsessed so much with other with Citizen Kane or other famously good movies. I don't know. It's a good movie. It's a good movie that's got good quotable lines, like another movie I know. You've Empire got Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no. Do you at least like daisies? Daisies are fine. I don't really have favorite flowers or anything. Hmm. You, do you think they're the friendliest flower? Uh, I guess they could be the friendliest flower. What would what what else would be the friendliest flower if not daisies? I don't know, hibiscus or some shit. <laughs> I I guess I guess daisies are the friendliest flower. All right. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.
Goodbye.